Hello, my babies. Um, this is a bit different, don't you think? <laughs> it is because we are taking a little much-needed cultured break during this holiday season. But don't you fear, we are coming back with all new episodes and all new conversations with fascinating artists in January 2021. But that doesn't mean that you don't get to have some cultured love. There are a lot of amazing conversations that we get to revisit, which is why this episode and the next three episodes, we're going to be re-releasing some of our very favorite conversations with some of our very favorite artists. And we're starting with Danielle Deadweiler. Oh my goodness. This episode was like two years ago at this point, and ever since, Danielle continues to prove herself as one of the hardest working and most multifaceted and versatile artists that I know. In our conversation, we talk about her as a performance artist, and we have a fascinating conversation about what it's like to be a Black woman, but also Black motherhood, and what that feels like for Danielle. But also, since our conversation, Danielle has been up to quite a lot, and most notably, and what I'm super blown away by, she had a recurring featured role in Watchmen, HBO's Watchmen, one of the best TV shows I have literally ever seen in my life, and all of a sudden I'm watching, and there's Danielle Deadweiler as June. It was incredible. Her performance is fantastic. And also, since we spoke, Danielle directed, wrote the screenplay, and produced her very own experimental short film called Chores. And in fact, it was a 2020 official selection at the Atlanta Film Festival. So snaps for Danielle, who is doing her thing, okay? And that is just a couple of the many things she's done. So I encourage you to visit her and check out her work online. But for now, it is time to revisit our conversation with Danielle. Welcome to the Cultured Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Corey, and together we'll journey into the unknown reaches of the art world. My beloved babies, I hope you are having an inspired and cultured week. Welcome back for another episode. As always, I am just the happiest girl in the world to have you listening to this show and joining us from around the world. Today, we are talking to Danielle Deadweiler. She's an Atlanta-based actor and performance artist, and she is absolutely incredible. We dig into topics surrounding her method, her process, and her unique ability to lose herself entirely in becoming other characters and embodying different situations and people. It's really something inspiring to listen to her, and I think you're going to find her to be a riot. Think about somebody who has way more energy than I do, and uh, you're coming close to getting to know Danielle. But first, and resulting from a conversation with Danielle, we talked about what was inspiring her, and I'm just in love with it. So I'm adopting Danielle's inspiration this week. It is chaos. And as Danielle put it, she's inspired by chaos because it's this completely intangible concept that we've built into the world around us. And this idea that chaos exists 
is actually just imagination. So we talked about how in quantum physics, the very foundation of everything is chaos. And so is it really chaos as we've come to define it if that's what the foundation of everything is? Ooh, did that make you think for a second? I hope it did. What's really cool about this is that it gels really well with our conversation with Danielle. As you'll hear in a second, we talk about chaos, but we also talk about this this flow, this ability to allow yourself to flow with everything that comes your way in life and to almost be an observer, a detached observer toward everything that happens in your life. And that gives you this unique ability to just flow, to change your perspective on the flip of a dime. And that way you're not shackled down by preconceptions or built up notions that maybe were established in your childhood, which happens to all of us. I would love to hear what you think about the concept of chaos. If you've maybe played with the idea of chaos versus control, maybe you've actually struggled with the ideas of chaos versus control. You know, I can be kind of a control freak in very specific ways, but the idea of control is also an illusion, perhaps as much as chaos is. Hmm. All right, y'all. Without further ado, let's chitty chitty chat chat with Danielle Deadweiler. Welcome, Danielle. (laughs) (laughs) Michelle, I'm so elated to be here. I'm pretty excited to have you on the show. You are what I would consider a freaking crazy, amazing talent weirdo from another planet. Man. To put it very simply. That's that's pretty austere. Yeah. (laughs) It's pretty austere. So why don't you describe what you do? Everything is a performance. It's an exploration of emotion, of feeling uh, through the body. So that's dance. Or through the body and, and voice. So that's acting. Through more abstract notions. So that's more performance art and melding all kinds of stuff. So I, in a nutshell, am a multimedia artist. Multimedia, including the body as a media. Yes, for sure. Mm, mm. Indelible aspect. There is so yeah. much to go into here. So you started out as a dancer. So tell, bring us through the journey because you're just, there's so much to dig into and you're hyper creative and you tend to create in whatever way summons you forward. Good Lord, I get called. <laughs> you want to go back. Okay, so let's start. We did Marlene Rounds. I know my sister probably did something before I did, but Marlene Rounds is where I first started dancing. And that's a dance studio. That was a dance studio when I was four years old. And she said, this is what my mom said. She saw me watching TV, dancing to probably Soul Train or something like that. And you're like, a little girl doing a thing? Oh, my goodness. That's what you, we should fuel that. That's just a natural thing you're interested in. So that's what she did. She put me in dance class, Marlene Rounds, Total Dance Theater. Um, and and that just allowed me to explore things through my body. And that was a natural segue into theater. Theater was a... Um, 
theater is the body too, but it's also the mind and the voice and oh yeah, um, and 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 dance has that component as well. That's why they're so beautifully connected. But dance is just like an immediate communication because the body instantly says however it's feeling. It doesn't get boggled by miscommunication of language if right? you allow it to. If you allow it to, right? That's a practice. Mm-hmm. It sure lives. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 from dance to theater, I did theater all in middle and high school largely in um at Grady High School and played with Atlanta Street Theater as a middle school kid and just those were the spaces to constantly hone those two crafts largely dance and theater and then you know you go to college and you get weird (laughs) um you start learning about all the weird stuff (laughs) like what (laughs) oh man well feminism isn't weird but it's, it's definitely not what you grow up with, at least in my environment, in my neighborhood and community. You know, your certain gender roles are as they are. Certain uh, racial dynamics are as they are. And you bring in all the other intersectional elements of, of exploring those kinds of things. So then you start breaking down walls, chipping those things down. Uh, how can you be more abstract? How can you just play with, you know, um, focusing on one aspect of mm. exploring dance, focusing on one aspect of theater, miming, uh, clowning, um, just whatever is left, let's go. Yes. Like, that's exactly what it was. And it's interesting you mentioned breaking down those structures. It's like we're born into this world that actually builds all these layers of bullshit, frankly, on mm-hmm. top of us. And when we're artists or performers, the creative process begins with the dismantling oh. of that first, like, 18 oh. years of information. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's transformative. It's transformative. So that's the funny part. When I got to college, I was like, mm, I'm going to take a break from all this some from all this stuff. Not wholly. I did a little bit of theater plays here and there while I was at Spelman. A little bit of plays while I was in grad school in, in New York. But you go, oh, man, why did I do that mm-hmm. once you start teaching? Because <laughs> I taught uh, elementary school for two years. Oh. Um, and I that was that was the definitive zone where I was like the art world. That's mm-hmm. that's where you're trying to be. That's yeah. that's 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 just the place where you're trying to be. And we were we were, you know, poopity scooping about Kanye. <laughs> but I, I used to listen to Kanye like the second year every morning. I would listen to I Wonder mm. and I would just. <laughs> crying at the same time. What am I? I have other aspirations. What am I gonna do? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and and all of that was like a kind of psycho magic conjuring me to to go in the direction that I really wanted to go in. To get back on track. To so get to back on track. Yeah. But the diversion must have served you in some way. You you learn a different community. I mean, it wasn't that I wasn't a part of education, but. I know that this bounded space was not where I wanted to be. You know, I I come from dance Mm -hmm. first, so I need to be free. I need to be able to move and I need to stretch and all of a sudden do a cartwheel. Not outside, on the inside of a building because that feels good, right? (laughs) (laughs) So you got back into acting. What was that transition like from having that full time now to going back to your art form? I auditioned for a play. Jasmine Guy was directing. It was her mm-hmm. first time directing a play for color girls who have considered suicide when the rainbow wasn't enough. Isn't enough. It's jarring because you you. It's like getting back into the groove of something. Yeah. You've done it here and there, but you haven't done it consistently. And so when I got it, 
you know, I just went in. You're like, I have nothing to lose. Right. I haven't, I have nothing at all to lose. So you might as well lose yourself, right? In mm. the process and in the moment and in the audition. And I got it. And I was like, oh, here we go. And we did the run. And I was like, this is something that I cannot stop doing. I said, I want to do it again. So I continued to do, you know, other pieces, maybe smaller. But in the in conjunction with that, I had like a, an arts administration position that was part time. And, and you're balancing, you're doing the juggle. And, and it just from there flowed into film and TV. Nice. And I got a commercial. It was like when when Monique had her talk show. So I did that commercial. What was it like? Oh, it was hilarious because I moved to Vancouver. And then I became impregnated. <laughs> Vancouver will get you Man, every don't time. do it. It's the mountains and the hot springs. <laughs> Keeping <Ooh>. warm. <laughs> and that's when I came back and I did for Color Girls. Will Star was pregnant. And then Navanya took my headshot into the um, into her agent. And I booked that commercial. And I was legit five months pregnant running down the street. Oh my god! Like top speed. Because it was like we would have to like check. We were chasing this uh, ice cream truck that had... Uh, that had her on it. And so... Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, people didn't even know I was pregnant. (laughs) They were like, oh my God. I mean, you know, you just wear empire dress, you find. Yeah, and you have a very small frame, so I'm sure it like never got to be too enormous anyway. Other than when it was enormous. (laughs) Other than when he was ready to come out. (laughs) He's such a lovely surprise. Oh, honey little bunny. Yes, he is. But yeah, um, it just flowed from there. Vancouver was definitely a happening place after definitely getting that agent. And then I got another agent in Vancouver and just learned so much while I was there and was really focusing on doing voiceovers, uh, voiceover auditions for because they do a lot of commercial and cartoon work in um, in Vancouver. And I just learned that the the process of auditioning, learned how to really dig into film and TV at that time. And then I came back and it was just like full speed ahead. Did theater, did film, did TV. And then you go, okay, this is cool. Working for others. Okay. What can you do? Mm. Um, How do you satiate the things that are bubbling in you? that are intriguing to you that these other spaces may not be digging into because I'm interested in a bit more raw issues like what um motherhood the truth of, of sexuality the exploration thereof taking away this shell of respectability uh what does it mean to be both of those things or what does it mean to be one of those things nix that and move to the other thing those things are important to me getting to you know the the raw quality of a of a topic or a person I think that's why your work is so powerful is because it speaks to this ethereal nature of humanity. If you allow yourself, you're in a constant state of flux and you are in a and you're meant to be, in my opinion, in a constant state of evolution and sort of shedding ego identities and replacing it with others and then shedding those. And then if we're lucky, shedding them all and just being this like, you know, unboxed creature. You've been meditating. All the time, Barry. Because that's some meditative knowledge. Honey! <laughs> Diminish the ego. It's uh-huh. like, let's move. Like, and that's the chaos. The chaos is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and it's a, that's a part of the flow. Well, and the Cultured Crew knows I've been reading this book about quantum physics. Since 1952, I've been reading this book. Um, but I talk about how in the basic levels, like in quantum mechanics, if you go down, which we don't have the technology, so it's all theoretical, it's 
like it's called the quantum entanglement. It's called like mm. this quantum mist or something mm-hmm. like that because it's absolute chaos. When you go down to the deep, 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 tiniest levels of our universe and what everything is made out of, yeah. it's absolute what we would call chaos. Yeah. But it's such controlled, elegant, synchronized chaos Come on, that grace. it comes together yeah. and creates this controlled universe that we perceive. <sighs> right? What a dream. I believe in bringing those things together. So, let's think, I mean, America is chaotic. Right? Mm. Um, I believe that bringing multiple mediums together is a form of exploring that chaos. Ooh, yeah. I believe in talking about uh, how I've been impacted by motherhood, how I've perceived other women who've been impacted by motherhood, particularly looking at black womanhood. Mm-hmm. There's a level of chaos. Women, black women, women of color do this thing where they they burden themselves mm. and then they make that shit look effortless. Yes. Who does that? Yes. Right? People of color in general. Yes. You're dealing with these massively ridiculous notions of societal, you know, uh, behavior. You're dealing with this violence. You're dealing with this psychological mental emotional just it's straight up it's mania out here Mm -hmm. and then you have the audacity to be talented or you have the audacity to have grace and cool you have the audacity to just be you know dynamic brilliant godlike or or even to show your humanity and sometimes to not be godlike right sometimes just feel the pain or trip or fumble which is part of the human experience how dare you? Mm-hmm. And how dare you not? So that's what I'm interested in. Hmm. That's how I There's start so much to explore stuff. there. There's yeah. so much. And it's just, like you said, especially in this country, which is very different from a lot of the ways other countries function, mm-hmm. especially in Europe. And there are some similarities in Latin culture, like with womanhood in Latin mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. But frankly, at least we give ourselves permission to be batshit crazy. Like, you know, we need to it's kind of important. <laughs> because that's what all of us have within us, is this like ability to express, to feel, to process, to interpret. Yeah. So you've come quite a long way now, and you were actually just recently featured on the show Atlanta. Yeah. And that was such a different (laughs) vibration for you to explore. So tell us about what it was like to go to, to, to be on the set specifically of that TV show. Oh, man. It's totally fun. And what your character was. Oh, I played Tammy. Tammy. Tammy was on episode seven. And Tammy was- Of season two. Of season two. And she was a part of the girls, you know, going to the champagne poppy party. That's what Tammy was about. She was about a good time. And they all was about a good time, but it didn't necessarily manifest. Um, Tammy was able to be shown in a different light because of the way she broke down what it means to be a black woman and what it means to to deal in socioeconomic dynamics of dating or, you know, interracial dating. And what does that mean for her? I mean, there was some... There's something true about what she says and there's something not true. And she's, is she really angry? Is she not? She was high, y'all. Like, people want to be like, she's an angry black woman. She was high. And it's not, (laughs) does she really care? For those who haven't seen it, will you describe what you're talking about? Oh, well, Tammy went off on a Caucasian woman who was dating uh, Devion Johnson, who I I think Devion was surely on season one in a, a small capacity, but he returned here. And Devion is like this famous actor, and Tammy happens to be enamored with him. 
And in her chase to find him all night, she happens upon him whilst he's sitting with his his white girlfriend of many years. And Tammy is hating. Pure and plain. <laughs> can you give us a taste of some of the lines that you had? Like, can you perform a little bit of that? Put you um, on the spot. The only thing I can surely give you is, bitch, I love him too. <laughs> that's That's as clear as I can get. So I'm curious about your method as an actor to get into characters that are a little bit more complex or far-fetched for you. So will you describe an experience with a character where you really had to do some work on the back end to oh. feel comfortable with her? It's, it starts with the body. It really, really does. I, I'm heady at first. I do as much research as I possibly can. You inundate yourself with the history. You inundate yourself with the text. Any little clues that are present in in the script that can signal you to who this person is what do they do every day you know those kinds of things are really really important simple simple details Mm -hmm. it's just a never-ending research it's a never-ending um digging into who this person is every single day the script is mine Mm. every single day digging into what what these scenes are what what is the relationship and trying to surprise oneself every night you talk about the physical aspect of it Mm -hmm. so how do you use your body to start making you feel at home with the character okay so so we do something called blocking uh when you first start doing a play and that's where i'm trying to find how that person sits in the body how do they walk i don't say this to myself but it's just a natural thing to to discover what is their tempo what is the their bodies how does their body step how do they feel in their shoes it's something about the 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 core mm. that shifts mm-hmm. you know because i did a play called ca lions project and chaos was hunched mm. i didn't even know when it started but it just it's just you you it's hard to say what the process is because some things just innately take over hodorowski is very alejandro hodorowski that is he is very um integral in my understanding of the poeticism of of the body and the way you mm. cr- you kind of create art and so something's just you they're inexplicable and I allow that kind of stuff to happen. I think that's your brand too because I think you allow yourself to lose yourself. You've said that a couple times in this interview. We've talked about it separately. To allow yourself to lose yourself in a character brings those things out innately. I think for some actors, they have to be very intentional about eliciting those things and you know, whether it's good or bad, I just think one of your strongest points and what makes you such a standout talent is the fact that it is an innate process for you. We talked a little bit about your acting bug yeah. and your talent, your method, but let's explore performance art. Yeah. Yes. See, this is where I didn't get when, uh, in talking about the train ride back to art. So I had, I had some like just super emotional psychological shifts, personal uh, evolution around 2012, 2013. That's when it was like, okay, you, you're doing work for others, but what does it mean for you? Mm. So it was, a, it was, this was a very spiritual coming forth wow. into, um, into performance art. I was haunted by it, essentially. Y'all can call me crazy, whatever. This, you just got to go with the flow sometimes. <laughs> and I had to manifest um, these stories these images, these visions that were coming. Um, And so that's when Dispossessed happened. Dispossessed was in 2013 at Spelman's Museum 
in the Black Box series. Mm. And that's when it was like, I, I don't got to do monologues. Um, but I don't, it's not just dance. How do I find this form that is definitive of where I'm trying to go? So that's when I started playing with performance art. Uh, Dispossess the live mixtape was for me uh, a party kind of party in my head exploring a triptych of women um, with a live DJ and it it that was the push to start doing these other things to mm. get into the worlds that I'm interested in to get into just non-traditional non-conservative forms of of expression so Dispossessed was your first performance art piece mm -hmm. So what did it feel like to have that first piece come out and sort of be birthed? It felt like a birth. Yeah. It felt like some like psycho magic happening. You know, you have to do things that your your psyche is calling forth from you. Your subconscious wants you to do. So it wanted me to explore these challenges that I was having or these from memories of what does it mean to be a young girl to explore, explore girlhood and sexuality. Mm. It wanted me to explore my perception of my grandmother uh, on my, on my father's side. What, cause I didn't have the most in-depth relationship with her, but she's such a m iconic like memory for me of, of a certain kind of woman. She was, she could she she had them knives you know so people be like she was that kind of woman yeah and people would compare me to her and i'd be like i don't know what you're talking about i'm just really sweet right so like sheer power yeah mm -hmm. and she was little yeah. she was a thin small woman like who 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 does that who how do you how do you come about okay so from some kind of weird liminal space i created a notion of where my grandmother come from not fully autobiographical or, or biographical rather but my exploration of her mm -hmm. and how that how does that pass on to to me in some kind of way and then I was like this um this rapper you know I mean I play sometimes sometimes I be rapping yeah. you know and so I fused all of those things some with text some with lyricism some without text and I said, uh, let me let me present this. And it felt like an ultra birth. It did. It felt like the ultimate birth because it's a new identity for yourself coming into play. Totally. Oh, take claim. Take your stake in the things that are important to you in your ability to create. I still love to create with others. Mm -hmm. It's a that's a different kind of uh, juggle. But to do stuff on your own. You have a different appreciation for people who do stuff on a, on the higher level and everybody else's role. You have a respect for directors, a different respect for the marketer, a different respect for everybody who's helping to create on in in a space where I'm just talent. So when I'm not just talent, yeah, that's I mean, it's just helping me to create a different love for the whole thing. And that's what makes me respect everybody mm -hmm. in the sphere of of creating a, a project. So dispossessed was you alone? Not alone. I had. <laughs> then you learn. Oh, you got to collaborate. And you got to talk to people about what you want. Yeah. Oh, you got to write it down. Yeah. It wasn't me alone. Nothing I do is 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 solo. Everything right. is collaborative. Even when you think it's solo, it's collaborative. Mm -hmm. It's so true, and it's so much more powerful to do yeah. that. Yeah. When we combine forces as humans, we can create incredible things. Man, I mean, hello. You just went Captain Planet on me. <laughs> What did that change inside of you after you performed that? Oh, I had I had I was ballsy. 
Mm-hmm. I was definitely a lot more ballsy. Let's go and try to do the weirdest shit you possibly could think of. Mm-hmm. Um, and you ain't going far enough. Try some more. You Oof, know, that's powerful. Um, it was like do it on a smaller scale. That was a big endeavor. Okay, let's do just a little something here. Well, and now you're at a place where you're putting together a new work. Yeah. So tell us about that work. Oh dear, the Ood, a field guide to apocalyptic worlds for children, is taking me from public art, like being outside, which has been for the past three years. I've been outdoors. But this is taking me inside to explore how we teach survival to our children Mm -hmm. as women of color. I've been very interested in motherhood how do what is the connection to what I mean who 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 do we work with we work with our families we work with our children and this is a pivotal time right now this is a a chaotic time in that we <laughs> one day you're talking about the waffle house tragedy right mm-hmm. and then you're talking about another waffle house tragedy mm-hmm. right so bodies are people are gone and then you're going to disrespect a body and then at the, in, in the same inclination like you know black panther came out and then like how do you teach your children mm. to 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 move through this kind of space that's that's challenging and so through the specters through through these trip this triptych of mothers slash otherly otherworldly kind of beings uh, I explore those women talking to specters of children across this kind of liminal world and particularly delving into birth, the, the language, the sex body and myth. And so it's it's like presenting a field guide literally to our children on how to step through the world. That's incredibly powerful. And I think also how do you teach the concept of cause and effect in a world where that or at least in a society where that is disappearing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's especially for people of color in this country, more specifically for black people and also for native people. Mm-hmm. There is no such thing as guaranteed, like you take this action so that this doesn't happen to you. You take it and that is a terrifying reality. So talk about the different collaborators and art forms that you've brought in to help you express this. Oh, yeah. Um so the piece explores those themes through a bit of improv, through movement, through operatic glossolalia. Um, yeah. You know you got to describe that. You want to break out your Miriam Webster. <laughs> glossolalia. glossolalia. Um, operatic glossolalia. But um, Minka Wiltz is a trained classical singer and she's a collaborator in this project. And glossolalia is speaking in tongues, mm. essentially. So this operatic tongues uh, is happening. Uh, so and, basically she's channeling mm-hmm. this very spiritual energy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's coming out as expression through her opera. Singing. Yes. Yes. Phenomenal. There's a DJ as well. Sin mm-hmm. and gnarly sin. And then uh, another collaborator, Yakini Horn, who, who is an African dancer and an actor here. These are all people I've known for a while. We've, we've worked together and their talents combined with mine present. <laughs> There goes Captain Planet again. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's people I've, I've, stuff that has been in development for like a year. When bodies are in the space, that changes everything. Yeah, you know, I like mm. that. Yes. I like surprises. Um, that's kind of how 
uh, my past public artworks have been, you know, you don't know what happens until you're in the, in the, the legit setting. Totally. And dealing with bodies and energy to, uh, to know. Well, and, and feeding off of your audience is such a huge part of mm-hmm. a performance, a live performance. So really, we talked about this. Every single night of the same exact performance can feel completely different yeah. dependent on your audience that night. So that's the thrill of it. That's mm-hmm. the rush. It's never going to be the same because the people in the room are never going to bring the same thing. That's what you want. Yeah. But it's not, it's not like, you know improv theater mm-hmm. this is something this is something else it's it, it can be raw and nasty my gosh that is so exciting it is thank you so much danielle for being oh my here god today. this was so much fun thank you so much i feel like my mind has expanded after talking to danielle do you feel that way It's just the way that she talks about her work and the way that she approaches creativity and her art forms is incredibly inspiring and expansive. I'm super energized by her. And she's also, like I said, a riot. (laughs) So if you want to learn more about her upcoming project, The Ood, you can go to synchrotheater.com. That is a local Atlanta theater called Synchronicity Theater. And again, that's synchrotheater.com. And you can find her on Instagram at Danielle Deadweiler. Obvi, all of these links are going to be in the show notes for you to make it super, super simple to dig at the roots of this episode. Until next time, my loves, keep it classy, keep it curious, keep it cultured. Visit culturedpodcast.com for show notes and subscription links. The Cultured Podcast is a production of my podcast production company, Frequency Media. I'm the host, Michelle Corey. Ina Garkusha is our fabulous producer. Becca Godwin is our wonderful associate producer, and we're recording in Atlanta, Georgia. Georgia.